It's that time again. It's Greek for the week. I'm Chris Palmer. Let's open our Bibles and get right down to the original language, the Greek. God bless you. It is the Greek for the Week podcast. Welcome to the broadcast. We're so glad you tuned in. And we have just a few minutes of Greek coming at you that are going to bless your life and take you deeper into God's Word, into the New Testament, in the original language, which is Greek. And uh, it'll be a blessing to your life. If you haven't gotten letters from Jesus, you can go on Amazon.com and pick up your copy today. Amazon.com, Letters from Jesus. If you like the book, if it's been a blessing to you, make sure you give it five stars and just tell the other Amazon potential customers what you're enjoying about the book. Amen. Today we're going to be talking about something we all go through, and that is doubt. Now, everybody goes through doubt. Every single person goes through doubt. And if you say that you haven't, I really doubt that. We all have our doubts. Actually, one of the best books that I recommend to people when they're dealing with the intellectual side of the gospel is the book, The Problem of Pain by C.S. Lewis. And he really starts the book off with a bang. It's fantastic. And this is what he says. Not many years ago, when I was an atheist, if anyone had asked me, why do you not believe in God? My reply would have run something like this. And then he goes on with the discourse in the way only C.S. Lewis could possibly write it. And he explains why he was an atheist. And he ventures out and describes all the doubt that he had as someone who was not a believer in theistic religion. And he does a really good job of doing that. And at times, reading it, I found myself identifying with some of the same thoughts. And you say, well, you're a pastor. Of course I'm a pastor, but I've had those thoughts, and we've all had to battle them and move past them or quench those doubts and be people of faith. And I can legitimately tell you in my life, after working through doubts, I believe 100% without any sort of concern or hesitation that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that the Christian religion is not only the most uh, wonderful school of thought, but also the most logist- logically sound religion out there. And I really do believe that. I believe that if you took the faith, or let's say the eternal element out of it, and how you decide to live your life, that Christianity is a far better way than humanism, Marxism, Leninism, et cetera, et cetera. It just is a morally wonderful way of life. And it counts and explains for the universe, I think, better than all of our other ways of doing such, like naturalism. Okay, be as it may, we find in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 1 that this gospel that Luke is writing to a man named Theophilus, the gospel of Luke is being written to an individual, a particular individual, and the scripture says in Luke 1 verse 3, Well, let's just read 1 verse 1. It says, Insomuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty. That's a great, great thing to receive as a believer is certainty. Certainty concerning things you have been taught. Now, verse tells us a few things. First of all, that Theophilus understood the faith. He had been taught, past tense. Okay, Aristens here. Things he had been taught. And he understood somewhat of the faith. And history tells us that Theophilus was somebody who was of the faith. He was a follower of the faith. He had accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He was born again. He was following Christ. He was following his ways. He was living his life a Christian. But he had a couple of concerns 
According to history, number one, the concern is he probably felt that he was. He wasn't a Jew. He was a Gentile. What am I as a Gentile doing following this gospel that Jewish people have narrated? This seems to be, look, at he's a Jewish Messiah. He's a Jewish Savior. He came to save the Jews, and here I am, a Gentile, and I'm following this religion. Why am I following this? And he probably had a problem with his social identity as a Gentile following something that was primarily at its start Jewish, and he probably felt out of place. Now, have you ever gone to a party, you felt like I shouldn't be here. I remember one time I went to a uh, get-together, and it was people that were way far out of my earnings bracket. Let's just say it that way. And I could tell the minute I walked in that I was not <laughs> going to have anything in common with these people when we started talking because here they are, million-dollar earners, and let's just say I'm not close to that. Um, and I felt out of place. I felt uncomfortable, and I felt like I really wanted to leave as fast as I could, and I, I made an exit for the door ASAP. Not that I have a problem being around those people, but listen, you know, a square peg can't go into a round hole. Maybe Theophilus felt this way. Hey, what am I doing following a Jewish Messiah? So he wanted to know more about it. And of course, there is, it wasn't just a Jewish Messiah, but Theophilus didn't understand that at this point. He was seeing that this was started primarily by Jews. So he needed to get some more assurance concerning this about who Jesus was and as the Messiah. And Luke does that in greater detail and bigger brushstrokes, even more specific and narrow brushstrokes in his gospel. And not only that, Theophilus, it said he was funding this, narr uh, this narrative of the gospel. He was somebody that was putting finances behind the gospel of Luke so that it could be published. So he was a funder of the gospel and he had his doubts. And we know this about Luke. He was working for the gospel. He was serving Christ. He was publishing material so that the gospel could go forth. But he had doubts. And that hits home because how many of us serve Jesus, are in ministry, serving at our church, and at times of silence and quiet, we have doubts about certain things. Now, it may not be doubting whether God exists. It may not be doubt. It could be whatever it may be. You just have things that don't necessarily have an answer to them yet. And maybe you're concerned about it. Well, I'm here to assure you that God wants you to continue to seek Him despite your doubts, and that He loves you despite your doubts, and that you can love God and serve God even though you have those doubts. And that's found in the name Theophilus. Now, this is a two-part Greek word, okay? The Greek word, well, we see it in Scripture here. Uh, in verse number 3, it appears as Theophile, okay? Not necessarily Theophilus, but Theophile. And that comes from the Greek word Theos, which means God, and Philos, which means to have a strong affection for something or a strong desire towards something, we say love, but it's not love in the sense of, of uh, romantic love. It's not love in the sense of, uh, well, you could say maybe brotherly love, I suppose. But it's a strong affection for something or someone that clings to it. Okay, so that tells us one of two things. It could literally be translated either the one who loves God or the one who's beloved by God. The object of that love can be either that the office loves God, or the office could be the recipient of the love of God. In this case, the way this word is translated, either way you translate, it tells us one of two things: number one, that the office love that the office love God, or it tells us that God loved the office. I think it's both. He loved God, and God loved him, even though they were in doubt, or, or, or excuse me, that the office was in doubt. So you see this: that we can still love God and serve Him with all of our heart, and still be pleasing to the Lord, even though we have these doubts in mind. And how does God handle our doubts? He gives to us the word of God. Do you see that here? In verse number four, you may have certainty concerning the things you've been taught. The way that Theophilus was instructed by Luke to work through his doubts was 
the Word of God. So when you want to be pleasing to the Lord, continue to serve Him, but turn to the Word. That's the only way that you're going to overcome your doubts. Can you overcome them? Absolutely. I look in my life, things I used to have doubts about when I was 14, 16, 22, 25, 30, now 35. Changes, a lot of those doubts quenched, worked through all of them just about. And you know something? God is answers you when you seek him. You say, what other doubts do you have? Well, there's things. How do you explain suffering? That's a very difficult thing to explain. That doesn't make me doubt the existence of God. doesn't make me doubt his graciousness and his, his omnipotence and his omnipresence. But it's still a tough question to answer. It's hard to answer that question. How do you explain when someone that's doing the right things gets sick? There's things we're just not going to know. That's where I mean there's an unknown aspect to that. But that's okay. You don't have to know everything to serve the Lord and to honor him. We just trust our Lord, trust the Lord, and that's where we find that we put our trust in God is in places where we're not going to know things about, but we still need to make it a point to walk in love and serve the Lord despite those difficulties that we have, or I should say doubts that we have. And we see this in the life of Theophilus. So if you have doubt today, if you have things in your life where you're concerned, you're mixed up about, <clears throat> the answer is the Word of God. Don't stop going to church don't stop talking to your friends about the Lord. Don't stop reading good Christian material that will be a blessing to your life. Don't stop serving in whatever capacity you're serving in. Make sure you're in the Word and surrounded by the Word just like Theophilus was. And I can promise you, if you do that and you attend to the Word of God, like it says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 20, that God is going to answer you and He's going to replace those doubts with faith. Because the Word of God tells us in Romans 10, 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you have to hear, you have to hear, you have to hear, you have to hear, and you have to keep on hearing the Word of God. When you do that, your life will be spiritually strong and you will overcome the doubts that you have in your life. I can promise you that. Not only because the Word of God says it, but I'm a living testimony and example of that as well. Okay, So stay in the Word of God and stay in faith. Until then... Just know that God loves you, he's pleased with you, and you can still be a servant of the Lord. Okay? God bless you. Next time, we'll see you on Greek for the Week. Remember, Letters from Jesus on Amazon.com. Pick up your copy today. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us further, you may visit us on the web at lightoftoday.org. God bless and good studying.